Good morning, people of hope. Happy Easter. We want to encourage you today as you gather together with your family to take a picture of yourself or your family worshiping with us and send that to us via Facebook and and tag Hope Baptist or send it with the email, and we'd love to see how you've joined with us this morning. Our building might be empty this morning, but so was the tomb, and so we have much to celebrate today. Jesus is alive. Come let us worship our King. He has done great things. Let's worship together. our King. Come let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. Savior, your name lifted high, oh God, you have done great things. You've been faithful through every storm, you'll be faithful forevermore, you have done great things. Conquered 
the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God. You have done great
Well, will you join me together for prayer now? Father God, we are so thankful today for the hope that we have found through Jesus. We are no longer slaves to sin today because Jesus died for our sins. We no longer need to worry about the penalty for our sins today because Jesus paid the penalty on the cross for us. We no longer need to fear death today because Jesus proved his power over death. Jesus overcame the grave. Jesus overcame each and every one of our sins. Jesus is victorious. So we have the hope of eternal life. Thank you, God, for that hope today. Thank you, God, for that life today. Thank you, God, for the unity that we have together because together we share in Christ. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. He is our living hope. And it's in His great name that we pray today. Amen. Our scripture reading today is Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1 through 10. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Adam was. So also, Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. 
being de- designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Amen. Church, happy Easter. Christ the Lord is risen today. He is risen indeed. And this is great news for us. It is a reason for great joy for us. Because Jesus is risen from the dead, we have the joy of knowing that death is not the end. Jesus has defeated death. And not only has Jesus defeated death for himself, he has also defeated death for all of us who have faith in him and love him. One day after we die, we too will be resurrected from the grave. We will live with joy for all eternity in the presence of Jesus and with all who love Christ as well. Isn't that good news today? That is great news. We have a reason to celebrate this Easter, and we have a reason to celebrate every day as Christians because of the hope of the resurrection. Some of you today, however, do not feel very much like celebrating. You are discouraged. After all, it's Easter, and because of the coronavirus, you are not in church today. You're not celebrating with your family and friends. Easter without church is kind of like spring without flowers, or in my case, it's kind of like spring without baseball. How can this be? These things don't seem to go together. So if you are a little sad this morning, God understands. Easter is meant to be celebrated in the presence of other Christians. But here's the thing that I want all of you to understand this Easter even if you are alone today in your home or your apartment, Easter is still worth celebrating. It is still good news, no matter where you are or who you are with. What we see in Hebrews chapter 5, which we just heard read, is that Easter is a great joy because Jesus is a great priest. Now, some of you might be thinking, What does the fact that Jesus is our priest have to do with Easter? And what in the world does some guy named Melchizedek have to do with Easter? Our pastor is really weird to be preaching from Hebrews 5 on Easter Sunday. Well, you'll get no argument from me about the fact that I'm a little bit strange. But I will argue today that the fact that Jesus is a great priest is reason for great joy for us this Easter. Let's see today from Hebrews chapter 5, some reasons why Jesus is such a great priest. First of all, we see from Hebrews 5 that Jesus is a great priest because his offering brings forgiveness of sin. We read in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 1, For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act, on behalf of men, in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. We read in this one verse three truths about priests from the Old Testament that are also true of our great high priest, Jesus Christ. First, we see that a priest is chosen. A priest did not volunteer or apply for the position. No, the priest had to be specially chosen. And in verse 4, we see that the priest had to be chosen by God himself. 
we will see in a few minutes that Jesus was chosen by God. Second, we see that a priest acts on behalf of men. Priests had to be human beings so that they could represent human beings before God. Priests were mediators. They were go-betweens in between us and a holy God. Jesus meets this requirement for a priest because he was and is human, just like us. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7 says that in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers. Jesus then was a man of flesh and bone, just like us. Jesus is human and so can represent us before God as our priest. And the third truth that we see in verse 1 is that a priest offers up gifts and sacrifices on our behalf. He offers up those sacrifices to pay for our sins. This was the number one item on a priest's job description, to offer sacrifices to God on behalf of other people so that their sins might be forgiven by a holy God. The sacrifice would pay for the sins of the person so that he could then have access to God. Jesus also fulfilled this responsibility of making a sacrifice as our great high priest. But the sacrifice that Jesus offered up to God was not an animal sacrifice. Jesus offered up himself. He died for our sins on the cross. And by faith in this one sacrifice on our behalf, we are forgiven for our many sins. Some people today object to this idea that they are sinners who need forgiveness from God. They say instead, I'm a good person. I may not be perfect, but certainly my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds. But the Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Each and every one of us falls short of meeting God's standards for our lives. Think about what happens whenever you read or hear something in the Bible that goes against what you want. What do you say to yourself? Do you say, oh, that sounds perfectly reasonable. I think I'll do what God wants and not what I want. No. Instead, we usually say something like what the poet said. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. I will do what I want to do and not what God wants to do. That kind of rebellion against God is sin. We break God's law in thought, word, and deed. And we, each one of us, stands guilty before a holy God. So what is the solution for our sin problem? We need a sacrifice. We need the sacrifice of Jesus to pay for our sin and bring us forgiveness from God. When you read the story of Jesus' trial before his crucifixion in the Bible, one point is made over and over again. Jesus is completely innocent. He had committed no crime. The Roman governor Pilate 
said that Jesus was not guilty. King Herod said that Jesus was not guilty. These two leaders wanted to release Jesus. But the religious leaders at his trial insisted that Jesus be crucified. And when Pilate reminded the religious leaders of their custom of pardoning one criminal over the Passover holiday, he wondered if these leaders might like to see Jesus released for his so-called crimes. But the religious leaders insisted on pardoning a man named Barabbas, a man who was known to be completely guilty for his crimes. Barabbas had murdered Barabbas had raised up an insurrection against the Roman government. But instead of releasing Jesus, the innocent one, Pilate released into the hands of the people Barabbas, the guilty one. Jesus was sacrificed, but Barabbas went free. Church, here is the good news, the gospel. We are all Barabbas. The innocent one, Jesus, is treated as the guilty one in order that the guilty ones, us, may be treated as the righteous one. When you have faith that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, you are forgiven. You are allowed access now into the presence of our holy God. In the words of 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? If you want to be forgiven by God, you must believe that Jesus was sacrificed for you and for your sins. Well, Jesus is a great priest because he was offered up as a sacrifice for us. But Jesus is also a great priest because he suffers with us. According to Hebrews 5, verses 2 and 3, one of the characteristics of the high priests of the Old Testament was that they had to experience a fallen world with all of its weakness. After all, this is what all of us experience as human beings on this earth. And so if the priest is going to represent us before God, that priest has to live in our world of weakness and sin and sorrow. He will have to suffer alongside the rest of us. Unfortunately, this meant, according to verse 3, that the priests of the Old Testament were sinners they were just like us. They gave in to temptation just like we do. They sinned. But Jesus was a different kind of high priest. Jesus is a great priest. He is the priest that we need. Jesus is without sin, according to Hebrews 4 and verse 15. And because Jesus is without sin, he is the perfect sacrifice that we need to die on our behalf. Hebrews 5 makes it clear that Jesus lived out his perfect obedience to God in the anguish of all human experience. 
Jesus is not some superhero who is untouched by the suffering of this world like us mere mortals. Listen to what we read in verse 7. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Did you hear that? Jesus shed tears. Jesus cried. Jesus was grieved by what he went through on this earth. And that suffering that he went through was culminated in his tears before God on Holy Thursday in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus prayed at that time with all of his heart that he would not have to die on the cross. Jesus was in agony. Now the readers of the book of Hebrews were also going through suffering at the time that the letter was written. They were suffering for their faith in Christ. They were going through a season of persecution. And so the author of Hebrews is saying to his readers, I know that you are suffering, but Jesus suffered too. And for those of you who are suffering greatly today because of the coronavirus and its effects on our world, I want you to know that you have a great high priest, Jesus, who is suffering alongside you. He knows what it is like to suffer. Earlier this week, I received a fundraising email from my son's college. The letter talked about some of the economic impact on college students of the coronavirus. One student named Grace wrote these words, My mom is an older single parent on disability and has an autoimmune disease that makes COVID-19 harder for her. My mom is trying to do all that she can to help me to get a college education. She is working hard during COVID-19 when she should be inside. Very soon, she will have no job. I am unable to work and bring in money to put towards college at this time. It will be a huge blessing then to receive assistance to return to college for my sophomore year. Do you hear the suffering that this college student and her mother are going through? Do you hear her prayer? I don't know how God will answer her prayer to be able to go back to school. But I do know this. Jesus is a sympathetic high priest. Jesus knows what she is going through. And Jesus even knows what it is like to temporarily get an answer to his prayer that sounds like no. What did Jesus pray in the Garden of Gethsemane? He prayed that he would not have to experience the cup of the cross. He prayed that he would not have to die on that cross. How did God the Father respond to Jesus' prayer? Verse 7 says that Jesus was heard because of his reverence. Jesus' prayer was heard by God. But you might ask, well, was that prayer actually answered? And many would say, no, 
Jesus' life was not saved in spite of his prayers. He died the following day on that cross. He had to die so that we might be saved. There was no other way for our sins to be forgiven. Christ had to die on that cross. It looked like then that Jesus did not have his prayers answered. Jesus then can relate to all of you today who feel like your prayers are not being answered by God in this moment of the coronavirus. So for those of you who are discouraged today about your prayers, let me encourage you that God did eventually answer Jesus' prayer. At first, it appears like God did not save Jesus from death. But did God ultimately answer Jesus' prayer? Praise God, yes! The answer was Easter. God raised Jesus from the dead. God did ultimately save Jesus from death, as we read in verse 7. But before God saved Jesus from death, Jesus had to, as our priest, experience the suffering that we experience on this earth. Jesus had to suffer like we suffer. But Jesus' prayer was ultimately heard because of his reverence, according to verse 7. God answered Jesus' prayers because he had given his life completely into the Father's hands. Jesus submitted himself completely to God. He prayed, not my will, but yours be done. I know these are scary times, but Jesus has walked the path of suffering before you. As our priest who represents us to God, Jesus has already gone where you are now going. Follow him. Take the path of suffering behind him. Take up your own cross. Trust God. And one day, in the long run, God will hear and answer your prayers. Well, Jesus is a great priest, not only because he suffers with you. Jesus is a great priest because he is the king who saves us. We see what kind of a priest Jesus is in verse 6. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus is a forever priest. He is an eternal priest. Why? Because of Easter. Jesus is raised from the dead, never to die again. In this way, Jesus is a priest like Melchizedek. Melchizedek first appears in the Bible story in Genesis chapter 14. The father of the Jews, Abraham, had won a battle. And then the priest Melchizedek comes along and he blesses Abraham. The unusual thing about Melchizedek was that he was not only a priest, he was also a king. In the rest of the Old Testament, the roles of priest and king always stayed separate. If you were a king, you could not be a priest. 
You had to stay in your lane with regard to your role. But we don't hear anything more about Melchizedek until Psalm chapter 110. And in that psalm, God prophesies about a coming future king. We read in Psalm 110 and verses 1 and 2 these words. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. King David is predicting in this psalm that there will come another king like him, a great king. And so he is saying that God would send another king to save his people. He would be a king who would rule over all his enemies. But this would be an unusual king. This king would also be a priest. Psalm 110 in verse 4 says, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. This king priest who would come for his people would not come from the line of Aaron like all of the Old Testament priests. He would be a priest instead like Melchizedek. And who is this eternal priest king who was to come? It is Jesus. Jesus is the priest who was chosen by God for his mission to be sacrificed for our sins on the cross on Good Friday. And Jesus is also the king who was raised from the dead on Easter Sunday morning. And Jesus now rules over the whole world at the right hand of God. Jesus is the king who saves us. And how long will Jesus rule over us as our priest king? Look at the word that is used at the end of verse 6. Forever. Jesus will rule forever as priest and king. And one day Jesus, our priest and king, will return to earth to completely crush our enemies, to crush our enemies of sin, death, and Satan. And then Jesus will take all of us who have faith in him to live with him in heaven forever. There we will live in that land of joy and love and beauty forever. We will feast with our king in that great place. Our king will save us completely. Now, most of you listening to me today want to be in heaven one day. And most of you know that the entrance requirement for heaven is faith in Jesus Christ. You need to have faith that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. That is the truth that the Bible teaches, that faith is necessary to enter heaven. But there is another truth that the Bible teaches that people frequently overlook. We need to repent of our sins if we want to go to heaven to live with Jesus. The word repent simply means to turn. We need to turn away from sin and turn toward Christ. 
We can't keep enjoying sin and living a lifestyle of sin and expect to go to heaven one day. Heaven is a holy place. It is the place where God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit live. If we want to go to that holy place, we must repent then and live a life of obedience to Jesus. You can't be going down the highway to hell throughout your days on earth and expect that your final destination will be heaven. That makes no sense. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 9 says. And being made perfect, Jesus became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. So who does King Jesus save? Who does Jesus bring to live with him in heaven forever? All who obey him. We must then repent. We must turn our back on sin and turn toward Jesus. We walk toward Jesus by obeying him. Jesus obeyed God in the concrete reality of his life and his sufferings and his daily experience here on earth. His sufferings and death qualified Jesus to be our great high priest, according to verses 8 and 9. And the good news of the gospel is that Jesus is our representative as our priest. We could not live the perfect life that Jesus lived. We sin. But if we have faith in Christ as our priest and representative, his obedience becomes our obedience. And after we place our faith in Jesus, we will no longer want to sin. Instead, we will want to obey Jesus. And generally speaking, we will obey Jesus more and more as Christians after we place our faith in him. So church, please don't make the mistake of thinking that you can be a Christian without repenting of your sin. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 9 says, There is no salvation without obedience to Jesus. Faith in Jesus and repentance and obedience, they are all inseparable. Yes, we need faith in Jesus that he died on the cross for our sins. But we also need to repent of our sin at the same time. We also need to obey Jesus as our king if we want him to save us. Some of you today on Easter want to put your faith in Jesus to save you and bring you to heaven one day. You want to tell him that you believe that Christ died on the cross for your sin. And you want to tell him today that you are repenting of your sin. You no longer want to sin. You want to turn your back on sin and live a life of obedience to Jesus. It is faith and repentance and obedience to Jesus that will save you and bring you to heaven. One way that you can express your faith and repentance is through prayer. If you would like to express your faith in Jesus and to repent of your sin today, please follow along with me in your own heart as I pray out loud. Let's pray together. 
Dear Jesus, I thank you today that you are a great priest. I confess to you today that I have sinned against you. I have rebelled against you in thought, word, and deed. I know that I am a sinner, and I know that I need forgiveness from you. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sin. Thank you that you have paid the price that I owed to God the Father. And so today I am turning away from my sin. I am repenting before you. I no longer want to sin against you. Instead, I want to follow you all the days of my life. I want to live an obedient life to you. And so I ask today that you would enter my life. I ask that you would empower me to live an obedient life and so that I might follow you all of my days. This is my heart's desire. So Jesus, please enter my life. Be my priest who was sacrificed for me and be my king today and for every day from here forward. In your great name we pray, amen. If today you placed your faith in Jesus Christ and you said to Jesus that you want him to be your priest who died for you, you want to repent of your sin and follow him, would you please make a note of that in the comment section of the webpage here? And please let me know so that I might pray for you and so that I might send you something to encourage you in your faith. Thank you, and have a great Easter. Every heart, I worship you. 
So let me encourage you then to answer the questions that are found on your webpage before you. As we talk about this sermon, it would be a good thing to talk about the ideas expressed here with those who are watching with you. Discuss them and, and learn about who Jesus is as your great priest and as your king. And as you go throughout your day this Easter, remember that Jesus is both your priest and your king. Christ was sacrificed for you on Good Friday, but Christ is now risen from the dead. He is your king who is bringing you to heaven one day. Rejoice that death has been defeated and that Christ is king over all. Thank you.